So this ability to be full voice is important. And often we lose that in corporate environments because there's so much pressure to conform. There's so much pressure to get it right. There's so much pressure to be perfect. And so we understand that at a fundamental level that women need a space where they can let their shoulders down, let their hair down. They can really speak in their full truth. We also are committed to brave space. And this is really about supporting the women we serve and really understanding that we're in a moment where their leadership is necessary. Women of color bring a very unique perspective. Hey, everybody, I'm Lori Rudiman. Welcome to Punk Rock HR. My guests today are Deepa Prashathaman and Ra Goddess. They are the founders of Enformation, which is a first-of-its-kind app-based community created by women of color for women of color to provide a safe space and career advancement opportunities. Deepa and Ra are on the show today because they're really trying to reimagine traditional power structures, not only just to help more women of color take their seat at the table in corporate America, but to really leverage their collective power to change the way the table is formed. You know me, I like people with big ideas who do brave things, and Deepa and Ra are doing just that. I am thrilled to introduce you to Enformation, and I love women who shake things up. So if you're like me and want to be a co-conspirator on this journey to revolutionize the workforce, sit back and enjoy this conversation with Deepa and Ra. Hello, my friends. Welcome to the podcast. Great to be Thank here. You. Thank you so much for having us, Lori. I love it. I love it. It's the best way to begin a podcast with joint appearances because nobody knows how to answer. It's my favorite. Well, we'll get started. I will make this first round easy because I have two wonderful guests today, two just delightful individuals who are lighting the world on fire. So Deepa, why don't we get started with you? Why don't you tell us who you are and what you're all about? My name is Deepa, and I left my corporate role after 22 years in May. And Ra and I just launched a company a few weeks ago called Enformation, and it's focused on women of color and focused on helping them find their voice and their space and really showing up in professional spaces really differently. And, you know, after spending a lot of time in corporate, I'm really excited to do this work. It feels related, but different. And it really feels like an important time to be able to do that kind of work right now in the world. Ra, how about you? Who are you and what are you all about? So my name is Ra Goddess, and I would describe myself as an entrepreneurial soul coach. And I work with leaders from all kinds of industries and backgrounds and facets. That's been my history to really help them come into their greatest contribution and their most authentic selves. I'm so excited to be partnering with Deepa to do this work. We have a deep passion for empowering the leadership and the lives of women of color because we know that we're in an unprecedented moment and we all know that leadership needs to change. And we are here to, you know, to support that work, to help bring this next paradigm, this next chapter of leadership to life through the women that we serve. Well, I'm so excited to have you both on the podcast for like a million reasons. I mean, this is a crazy time for change, but with the chaos comes opportunity, I think, and I believe to get it right. And that's why I wanted you both on the show today so passionately. And maybe Deepa, you can get us started today by telling us why you came together to create information and what you're trying to accomplish with it. 
Yeah, so Ron, I met five years ago. I was an executive focused on inclusion activities for my company. I was a partner at Deloitte. And we brought in Claudia Chan from She Summit to help us rethink our strategy. And in one of our working sessions, one of our first ones, she brought Ra to the table to kind of help have a really different dialogue about what was happening in diversity and inclusion. And within five minutes of meeting each other, Ra and I knew we needed to work together. And so Ra signed on to be my coach in my, while I was full of angst of, you know, what am I doing with my life and what are my passions and how do I do them in a corporate space. And we spent the last five years really working on that. And somewhere along the lines, I you know, shared with her, I really wanted to focus on women of color. I was the first Indian female partner we made in my company. And so I think there are a lot of things that come when you're the first. And candidly, it wasn't that long ago, right? So we're not talking decades and decades ago. It was 12 years ago. And there's a lot of things that come with that. I mean, I, I loved my work there. I loved rising. I loved the work that I did. But I think there were different challenges when you're a woman of color at work. And so I was really kind of sorting through those when I met Raw and really asking, what do other women of color do? And so information was born out of some of that discussion. We were both having many conversations with women of color who I think are were deep in there figuring out for themselves, how do they show up differently at work? How do they find their full voice? What parts of themselves are they hiding to fit in and to conform in corporate cultures? And so we just kept talking and sharing those discussions and information was born out of that. It was born out of this consistent theme that we heard from women who said they felt like they were isolated, who felt like they were so heads down and doing the work. Yet as women of color, they were being really asked to change cultures and do a lot of additional roles and not necessarily feeling, one, they were being recognized for that, but two, how did really make change happen? Because I think until June of this year, you know, talking about racism at work was a completely different conversation. And so there was a lot of denial, I think, for a lot of women of color of what was truly happening. And so information was created. It's a platform or an app to bring women of color together in a safe space, because a, a lot of what we heard is the women of color needed a place where they could find each other, lean on each other. It's a brave space to have different conversations about leadership and a new space, because what we also really found is that these women wanted to make change in their companies, but they didn't necessarily know how, right? We don't really talk about how structures don't work for us. We just are heads down doing the work. And we need spaces where we can talk about what comes next, what's not working, and what do we want to put in its place. And so what's so exciting, I think, about information and for Ron and I right now is there's a real appetite. I think companies are looking at women of color and saying, so what do you want? You are in a really interesting situation of being you know, marginalized historically, and your voice is important. And so what do you want to see? And we're trying to create the space to answer that question. I love that. Rob, before we talk about some of those spaces and some of those challenges, can you tell us where you are in the entrepreneurial journey right now? When does the membership community launch? Like what's the process behind this? Because it's a really noisy market right now. A lot of things are coming out and I want to make sure that people know where you are in this journey and how to find you. Yes. So you can join our wait list at N2. So that's the letter N as in Nancy, the number two, and then formation.com. And, you know, we've been excited to see so many women already joining the waiting list. The app will launch itself in late January and you'll have full access coming into the app in January. But you can join the wait list now and the opportunity to meet Deepa and I and learn more about just the movement and what we're committed to. Well, that's really great. Can you tell us, Ra, how information actually works and why a woman of color would join the community and what type of woman you're looking for? So the commitment for us in creating information was really, you know, Deepa talks about safe space, what we call brave space and new space. So one of the things we understood was that women of color, you know, the more successful they become, the more isolated they become. 
And there's an opportunity to really be in community and share experiences because it's a very unique experience that often women can have when they are the first or when they are the few or when they are the only in their context. So this ability to be full voice is important. And often we lose that in corporate environments because there's so much pressure to conform. There's so much pressure to get it right. There's so much pressure to be perfect. And so we understand that at a fundamental level that women need a space where they can let their shoulders down, let their hair down. They can really speak in their full truth. We also are committed to brave space. And this is really about supporting the women we serve and really understanding that we're in a moment where their leadership is necessary. Women of color bring a very unique perspective. They bring a very unique insight. They have a very unique set of experiences. There are things that they understand naturally as a result of the way that they've had to navigate through society and the way that they've had to navigate through the culture of their organizations. And those insights and perspectives are really important. And many women of color hold back, even very accomplished women of color hold back because there hasn't been the room or the space where their full voice or their full self or their full leadership has been welcomed. So we invite them to be bold in the brave space, to bring those ideas forward, to bring that innovation forward. And then new space, which is about how do we all think together about what's next and what needs to come next? We recognize, and this may be a bold statement, Lori, right? But we recognize power is broken, right? And cultures are challenged. Organizational cultures are challenged. Even those with the best intentions, even those with leaders who are very passionate about the work, we're struggling. And we need spaces to begin to think individually and collectively about what the new structures and the new paradigms need to look like for leadership and for work. I'm excited to talk to both of you about that because one of the things I've been saying now for quite some time, especially in the world of human resources, which I inhabit, is that HR has been not only complicit, but it was built in a broken way from the start. And so anytime you try to go in and reform human resources, it's like reforming a building whose foundation is fundamentally cracked. And the only way to reform it is to knock it down and start over again. There are all these challenges in doing that financial, historic, right? I mean, emotionally, people don't want to do that work. So I wonder in creating this space, do you envision conversations around how to knock things down and build them back up? Or are you optimistic? Do you think certain systems and structures can be reformed? And I'd love to hear from both of you on this. I think that we've had a lot of reforming and I think that we haven't had much space to really talk about knocking things down. So I'm not saying we'll end up there, but I think we need to have the conversation about knocking things down and what we would put in its place. Because I do, honestly don't think we've allowed ourselves, given ourselves permission, Ron, I always use that word permission, right? Women of color need to give themselves permission to do many things because we've been told we can't, but permission to really rethink. And so I do think that that's really important. I would also share with you, I think, since you brought up HR, I think it's really fascinating. I think a lot of the processes within corporate structures are really set up for the advantage of the corporate structure. And I understand that, right? I mean, I I get it. But a lot of what happens when women of color find themselves in a disenfranchised situation or something that a micro or macro aggression or something that has not been appropriate and they raise it, the processes aren't set up to help them, aren't set up to really even listen to them, to be honest with you. The way corporate structure is set up is you need to shut those down because there's legal ramifications to even opening up that can, right? And so I think what we're trying to do, especially with the safe space, is really create a place where women of color can come in and say, this just happened at work. And we've actually have functionality within the app that you can say who you are and ask questions or make statements, but you can also go anonymous. So let's say something happened at work and you know my boss said 
something inappropriate and I don't know how to respond, you can actually come into the forum and say like, this just happened anonymously. Like, you know, sisters help me figure out what to do. And I think the other thing that we're planning on doing is also having resources for women of color. So what's interesting is you'll go through an incident and I've talked to a lot of legal counsel because I'm actually writing a book on women of color. And they'll say, you know, a lot of women of color do encounter problems, especially at the more senior levels. And they feel very comfortable that they can raise it because they've, you know, risen in their companies and things have gone wonderfully. But when they do raise it, they kind of hit the system where the system doesn't necessarily want you to talk about or complain about or say what doesn't work, especially around white male leadership, candidly. And that is kind of where the rubber hits the road and there's traditionally challenges. I think what we're doing in information is really special because we want to provide the resources. So we will have maybe, you know, a list of lawyers you can go to that specialize in discrimination law, right? A list of counselors you can go to when you find yourself in a situation you don't know where to go. This is a very unique situation. You know, women of color at work is very different than other people walking in their lives at work. And so to have the resources available and to have a safe space where you can say like, what has worked, what has not worked and crowdsource that I think is really special. Oh, I love that. That's really insightful. Rob, what do you think about all that? Yeah, I think the compliment to all of what we're creating for women of color is also another aspect of our work, which is rooted in placement and really advancement innovation, which is not just sort of putting the skirt in the seat, but actually creating what we're calling a success wrapper, which is an innovation strategy and a success plan to support that woman being able to thrive in that new position. One of the things that we've seen consistently across the board is that companies want women of color, but they're not ready for women of color. Wait, wait, I'm going to challenge you on that. Do you think they really want women of color? Well, well, let me say that's a great challenge. And I want to lean into it. I think some leaders do. Some leaders recognize that there is something missing when their talent looks the same, (laughs) right? I think to your point, others out of guilt or pressure or obligation or optics, you know, maybe feel like they have to have women of color. But I think whatever sort of the agenda, many are not ready to really receive the full contribution that women of color can make to their organizations, or many don't realize that they're asking a lot of women of color, but they're not acknowledging all of what they're asking, right? So what do I mean when I say that, Lori? Women of color, when you enter into an organization, you're automatically doing culture work. Why? Because every facet of the way that we are raised, brought up in our families and in our communities is rooted in culture, which is not just the what of what we do, but the how of what we do. And who, how are the people taken care of in the context of what we do, how we do? So anytime we're entering into an environment, we're already looking at those things. Whereas often in the traditional corporate culture, we're focused on the what. What is it? It's you hit the bullseye or you don't hit the bullseye. And you do whatever it takes to hit the bullseye. And we don't care whatever it takes to hit the bullseye, right? You just got to hit the bullseye. And I think we will all recognize and understand that when you are operating inside of a culture that doesn't have additional considerations for how things happen in the ecosystems of relationships, because we are human beings, or even that to be human... is necessary, right? Absolutely. Hello, then we've got challenges. And and, and this sort of dovetails to your point about whether or not we need to rip it down and start from scratch or whether or not reform is necessary. I think it's going to depend on the entity. I think it's going to depend on the intention and the degree to which these corporations are already walking their talk in the context of their mission. And I think it's going to depend on the courage of the leaders to really say, like, you know, we're willing to do the work necessary. And I think part of the challenge is many leaders don't even 
know what the work is. So there's a body of work to even get you to see that something's wrong. And then there's a body of work to get you to even understand what you got to do to fix it. You know what I mean? And then there's a body of work to get you to align with what is required to fix it. And often, you know, I'm going to say the right DEI leaders, DEI consultants, they're exhausted by the time they get there. (laughs) If they get you there, right? Yeah. Yeah. And they're not even set up for success, right? So they come in and they've got the laundry list of things that they could theoretically tackle. And by the way, that's it. They're not allowed to touch anything else. And there's no budget or there's no interest or the corporate prerogative is somewhere else. I mean, it's just a I mean, the individual doing DNI work today has got to be like, forget it. I'm going to Turks and Caicos. You know, like right. it's just so completely right. exhausted, which is why I think community is an interesting way to approach some of this. And I'm excited about your community, but I think I would want to hear from both of you why you think community is so important to us all, especially right now with what's going on in the world. I mean, I'll start with this, maybe, Deepa. You know, the isolation is real. And it's so interesting because we were maybe two minutes into COVID when all of what you were hearing about was anxiety and people grappling with unprecedented levels of anxiety and people from all walks of life and all orientations and all perspectives. And you had to ask yourself, like, what was it that we were literally two minutes in and our anxiety is through the roof? And the truth of the matter is, is that we've been living with anxiety for a very long time, but we've not been talking about it. And it just took this event to sort of rip the veil back, pull the curtain back on what's really been going on for people for for a really, really long time. We understand that the ways in which we're working have got to be different, you know, and I think even sort of before we came into this now quarantined, right, sheltered in place reality, we were grappling with issues of culture, but they've only been exacerbated now because not only do you have to navigate the demands of the job, but you've got to navigate family and you've got to navigate space, space that may not be set up or conducive for what it is that you need to do in order to be successful at the job. And so there's so many other factors now that people are having to navigate and struggle with and wrestle with in order to be able to show up fully and empowered. And as leaders, we have a responsibility to be willing to think outside of the box about how we're addressing these new needs and these new sets of challenges as they exist for people. And particularly the way in which community and the call to community is greater now than it's ever been because you're not, you can't rely on the physical space anymore and physical proximity. So you've got to intentionally create that and bring that. Hey everybody, chances are you've spent the past few months cooped up with your family, buried under a relentless news cycle and with work that never seems to switch off. Millions of us worldwide are overworked, exhausted and trying our hardest, yet not getting the recognition we deserve. It's time for a fix. That's why I wrote my new book, Betting on You, How to Put Yourself First and Finally Take Control of Your Career. It's an essential guide for how to snap out of autopilot and become your own best advocate with candid and new stories and easy to adopt steps. I wrote this book for you. I believe in you and I would be honored if you would pre-order it today. Head on over to laurierudeman.com forward slash books. That's laurierudeman.com forward slash books and pre-order your copy today. 
Deepa, what are your thoughts on community? Because I see community being so beneficial and really a saving grace in so many moments, but it's also communities that have been oppressive historically and are terrorizing individuals online, right? In this new world that we live in on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. So talk to me about community and how do we overcome some of the really terrible biases we have in this world? Is community the answer? Is it part of the answer? What are your thoughts? Does that even make sense? Yeah, no, it's interesting because Ron, I often have to explain that the idea for information was born long before COVID, right? Even if we didn't necessarily know the specifics. So this was not born in a COVID situation. You know, the placement part of what we're doing was born over the summer and this idea that women of color are being called, but the idea for creating a safe space and, you know, on an app was born out of the isolation, I think we heard from so many women of color, especially, especially senior women of color in particular. But I think what I see, and I'll share a story, Ron, I actually held space for a senior group of women of color in early June. You know, it was early in the racial pandemic conversation, but deep into COVID. And, you know, we thought we'll have a few people join. I think we ended up with about 20, which was more than we thought we would have. And within two or three minutes, it was a week after George Floyd's murder. So really recent. Within a few minutes, two, three minutes, there were tears. And when Ross says, you know, the women, we need places where we can drop our shoulders, like literally the women, you could see their shoulders drop. Because one of the things I think that came up was a lot of them were feeling the burden and the opportunity and the weight of talking about race at work as women of color, never having talked about it before. Secondly, a lot of them were moms and just struggling to like figure out how to make their lives work, right? Between work at work and then work at home, which was all muddled together. They were just tired and exhausted and literally said they had no space to have that conversation that in their companies, and I was really surprised that many of the companies a week after George Floyd still weren't having conversations about race. Like it was happening like in the executive boardroom, like, should we do this? Should we not do this? I think that the fact that within a couple of minutes that they felt comfortable and the feedback we got was that they just needed a space where they could cry or just open up or feel like they didn't have to explain why this was hard. So that is a long answer or a good example to, I think the space is important because our issues are different by group, right? And And I do think sometimes coming together, especially at a time where we're talking about things we've never talked about, it's important to have community. It's important to have places where you have different conversation. So that's where I see it. I'm not a proponent for keeping everything separate all the time. When we absolutely, Ron, I talk about how we need allies in this work, right? We call them many different things. We don't often use the word allies, co-conspirators, right? Other people. So this is not a women of color are going to do this by themselves. But I think what we're saying is we've never even come together to figure out what our challenges are and have been, been given the space and permission to articulate them. And that is why I think community is important. Well, Deepa, you did a really nice job of talking about how it feels to be a senior woman of color in corporate America right now. I'm going to ask a question that I've heard other individuals ask on different podcasts and have different answers to. When you define your community, who's in? Like, (laughs) who belongs? Who is this community for? Saying women of color is kind of this blanket term right now. Who's a part of this community? We talk about this all the time. That's why Deepa's laughing. There's two things I want to sort of raise here too as well, Lord. Like one of the things is how we define community can be vastly different. And I think even as we're using the word community and particularly when we're starting to talk about what does that look like in a corporate context, I think that needs to be redefined, right? Because I would challenge that social media is not necessarily community. 
I would agree with you, but it's really interesting how many people say, this is my squad. These are my people, right? Right, right. And I agree with you. And I think part of the challenge is that we have not come up with a, a, a definition for community in that context that people really align around and what those rules of engagement are, right? But to your question about how we define women of color, we really invite women of color to define for themselves whether or not they see themselves as women of color. For us, it's important that we see it as being diasporic. So it isn't just Black women. And I think that's an important thing to say because there has been a lot of challenge around that when people say women of color and they really mean Black women. And Black women are saying, like, say Black women if you mean Black women. (laughs) Say women of color if you mean women of color, right? Because we do see it differently. And we're inviting women to self-identify. It's not our job to say whether you're in or you're out. It's really about does this call resonate for you? Is there a way in which you recognize an experience that is rooted in identity that speaks to some of the challenges, the systemic challenges that we know we face that show up in interpersonal interactions, but that also show up in the structures of the way in which corporations operate and the way in which culture gets formed. And if you feel deeply impacted by that and you identify in that way, then you are welcome. Right, answered, you know, how you self-identify on the racial aspect. And that's a really big challenge for women of color. I'll just make that statement. Like we've had a lot of conversations, a lot of women of color saying, you know, is there an expectation around what our race is and all that? And so I think Ra really answered that well. As far as level and kind of segment. So we are not just focused on corporate women of color. I was kind of referencing corporate because, you know, that came up at the beginning of the call. But our focus is really on women of color leaders. And we appreciate that leaders show up in all shapes and sizes and all industries and all areas. So candidly, as I look at the list of who's already signed up, we have some people in public office. We have some senior leaders from, you know, tech, we have financial services, but we also have nonprofits. We have entrepreneurs, we have coaches who are just looking for a different way of having this conversation, you know, as they coach women of color clients, we have a lot of different people who've signed up. And I think what we're just looking for is leaders. And I do think the one uh, caveat I'll say is we are looking for women who've spent a few years in the work setting. I think the challenges are very different when you first enter the workplace. And so I just want to acknowledge that. And I think at some point we may offer something for women of color who are just entering. But right now we do think there is a little bit of a different issue once you're a little bit into your career. And that's really the segment that we're looking at. I love that. Thank you so much. You know, it is interesting how some people feel they are very senior level who are very entry level. Like there's all this discussion around where do I fit in? And that's because we have this old, weird hierarchy that values time in a position instead of like contributions and ideas and energy. So I love that you're thinking through that as well for future offerings. Well, as we wrap up the conversation, I wonder if we can talk to listeners who are not women of color. You talked about them as co-conspirators, Ra. I love that so much. I think that's a great word. How did they get involved in this journey, in this community? What can they do? How can they be helpful? So we do have a specific portion of our website that is dedicated to what we're calling uh, right now allies, which again, deep as deep and mentioned, we're playing with the terminology, but I really want to say collaborators. Oh, I want to say co-conspirators. Come on. <laughs> yes, yes. Listen, you can go there. And, and, she, and, she you know. different words. So yes, I like yes. she likes collaborators. Yes. I mean, and, and listen, <laughs> I, I would go with, with, with all of the above, as long as the understanding is that it's not about coming to our rescue. It's about people who recognize that we're only going to get the world we really want to see if all people are empowered, if all leaders who have something to offer and contribute to our systems and to our structures are empowered to be able to bring that contribution. 
all people get the opportunity to really thrive in whatever ecosystems in which they're bringing their contribution. So it's more about if you hold the vision for a world where all of us get to thrive, then yes. (laughs) We want to play. We want to play with you, you know. I know you have some thoughts on what co-conspirators can do to really support the work and support community development. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I think it's the opportunity to recognize that there is a body of work that they need to also do to be able to really support the room and space that women of color need to thrive. You know, a lot of the questions that we hear in conversations with allies is, what can I do? And I think, yes, there are specific behaviors and specific actions. But even before we get to what you can do, it's important to look at your own attitudes, beliefs, and perceptions and the degrees to which those attitudes, beliefs, and perceptions lend yourself to being part of the solution and to which those attitudes, beliefs, and perceptions maybe lend themselves to being part of the challenge. And I think there hasn't been enough room for people to do that kind of courageous looking because the way sometimes that these containers get set up, they're sort of like, you're a bad guy and there's a good guy, right? And we don't believe that. We believe that what there is is people and that we've all been conditioned to operate and work and function in certain ways and in certain environments. And if we really have a commitment to having an ecosystem where all of us can thrive and an ecosystem that's welcoming to different perspectives, different thoughts, different identities, then we all have to be willing to look at what's our personal growth journey as leaders and being able to create spaces where all people can feel welcome and where true and genuine inclusion can really take place. Deepa, do you have any thoughts on that? I think Ross said it really well. I think that what we really need to do is make sure that there is that room and space to really rethink leadership and to give women of color the space to show up differently. And some of that is learning as, as allies for ourselves. And some of that is just kind of literally stepping aside and letting the magic happen. I don't think change is going to happen without help, right? We can't do it in a vacuum. And a lot of the leaders in the seats are not women of color. And so they need to be part of the change and they need to be part of the conversation. And I think, you know, we all need to be open to that. I also really emphasize, I think we need to be open to the fact that not everyone's going to get it right in the first conversation. And we just need to leave space for figuring that out. And I do want people to get it right, but also really try and understand their intentions at the same time. And so to really work together to figure that out. I also think the other important part of this is when women of color don't show up in their full selves, right? They're not necessarily, and, and Ron, I talk about this a lot, and it's Ra's word, you know, they're not necessarily bringing full innovation to their companies, right? We're not necessarily progressing ideas because we're censoring or editing ourselves. And so I think, you know, allies, co-conspirators, everybody, companies, like in capitalism in general, should want more women of color to show up in their full voice. We should want everyone candidly to show up in their full voice because then you have more ideas and we're in a state of the world where we need more ideas. We we need more ideas, not less ideas right now. And so I think that's how we see it. Really well said. Well, before we wrap up the conversation, I know both of you are esteemed authors. So I wanted to give you a chance to talk about your upcoming books that are just right on the horizon. So Raul, let's get started with you. Do you have something coming out in January, if I'm not mistaken? So yes. So the paperback version of my book, The Calling, The Three Fundamental Shifts to Stay True, Get Paid, Do Good, is coming out in the end of January. And it is all about finding your path and finding your purpose wherever, whatever space you occupy as an organizational leader, as an entrepreneur. But it's kind of like the blueprint of going from your purpose to actually how do you deliver it in the world? And so I walk you step by step through the journey of how to stay true, how to get paid and how to do good. 
I love it. I love it. A book anybody could use. My goodness, give me a break. Like that's the world's journey at this point. So thank you for writing that. Deepa, tell us about your book. Sure. And I have to first say, as having coached with Raw for five years, like the coaching is in the book. So it's an amazing way to get access to Raw and really figure out what your purpose is. So have to read it. My book is being written as we speak. And so we are targeting the fall for a release date. It's called Inclusion Delusion. It's how women of color rise in corporate America. And so a real conversation about a lot of the topics we're talking about now and and what are the true challenges and the opportunities to your point, right? I think there's wonderful opportunities for women of color, but to have a conversation about what's different for us in the workplace in a really different sort of way. I love it. I'm so excited that both of you made time today to come on the podcast. Thanks for being guests on Punk Rock HR. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Lori, for having us. Hey, everybody. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Deepa and Ra. For more information about N-Formation or to connect with Deepa and Ra on LinkedIn, head on over to lauriebrudeman.com forward slash punkrockhr-137. It's a cliche to say that the world of work is changing because, my God, the world is changing and it's about time. I'm so honored and thrilled that you spend a little bit of your day with me to learn more about the world of work and just people in general. I don't take it for granted. So thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time on Punk Rock HR.